0: one of you said to me recently we shouldn't rock the boat but ladies and gentlemen i want to tell you i am a boat rock 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 All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants.
1: And good day, America. Welcome, Christian conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. Where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. I'm the editor at sonsoflibertymedia.com. And for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. Sonsoflibertyradio.com and also com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show that's right and see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com and uh, you can see that, yes, we are live again here right now, but we are pre-recording the show. So for the video platform, this will all look different. Uh, On the left side of the page, you'll see two videos and on the left side of the page, this is Bradley's show from the previous day in the afternoon. Um, that will remain up until three o'clock. So if you missed seeing the show, you can catch that at three till three Eastern and at which time he'll be live in that little area right there on the right side of the page. It'll look a little different. All you got to do is hit the play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got. And in the bottom right hand corner, you're going to see a rumble icon. Just click on that and you can join us in the chat on rumble. We are streaming live to rumble as well. Sons of Liberty radio live. That's the channel. Please subscribe to it. Also, before it's news.com, top of the page, we're streaming there, dlive.tv at the sons of liberty. We're on a couple of Facebook pages that have my name on it, personal and public. Uh, so many of our, our friends are over there on some of those pages. We're also on Twitter at the real Tim Brow. Don't put the N in my name, put two there instead of an N, and you get that. And we're streaming live there as well as Twitch at the real Tim Brown. You can catch us over there as well, at least until they, Decide they want to pull us down again. (laughs) Uh, Right up under where we're live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. You get one of those every night between 7 and 8 o'clock Eastern time. Those go out. And then if you want our ministry email, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com. And there you'll find out what we're doing, uh, not only on the Internet and uh, on the radio, but out among the states teaching our Christian constitutional heritage. By the way, if you would like to support us, you agree with our message, there's a donate button at the top of the page, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that and make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty and we really do appreciate you guys uh keeping us out there. Uh I get I get stuff each week and I'm sure Bradley does too where many people have been affected before the good. Uh some people have uh, become believers as a result of it. Some people have Dealt with some health issues because our health and wellness show. Some people have been informed about things like what we're going to talk about today with the shots and things of this nature, and they've been informed through the Sons of Liberty. And that's all because you guys are helping to support us and keep us out there. Finally, our story is available this week. We're highlighting the necessity T-shirts. Uh, these bear the. It looks like a sort of an American flag deal that's going on, but it's the the what's supposed to be the stripes is the quote from William Pitt the Younger. Necessity is the plea for every infringement of human freedom. It is the argument of tyrants. It is the creed of slaves. Now we've got these in black and we've got them also in blue. And we've got them up to triple extra large. They're normally $20 donation. If you get a double X or triple X, they're a little bit more than that. But this week only through Saturday at midnight, you can get these for 10% off and uh, that's only through Saturday at midnight. So be sure and uh if you want to get that, now's the time to do it. Okay, uh, but in any case, necessity will get you ten percent off of that through Saturday at midnight. All right. Now we've got a special guest on this morning, and uh, one of the interesting things is we Kate and I did a show, and Kate was telling us. Remember, she had uh, um, a woman come in. I think she also had a man that she she met, and she put the magnet on their arm. She wanted to see if the whole thing was real. It was. Uh, I think the man even it stuck to his forehead It was really strange. And she was talking about the woman who was in her house was putting off a some kind of a bluetooth signal she would go away from the woman it would go away on her phone come back down it would come back on and uh, we've seen several videos where people walk through graveyards and they're picking up all these kinds of things and i think she got a, if i'm not mistaken and i'll let him correct me if i'm wrong but uh, dr andrew Rollis, and i'm got i got forgot to ask you brother if if i'm pronouncing your your name right is that correct
2: Yeah, exactly. Right pronunciation. Thank you
1: so much. Yeah, great. Well, it's my privilege to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, uh, Dr. Andrew uh, Rallis. And one of the things I wanted to do was I wanted to give you just a proper introduction here uh, before we get into things. So people know sort of your background and and who you are. Uh, It says that on your website that you completed your Bachelor of Science degree in biomedical science at King's College London, where you specialized in molecular biology as well as becoming an associate of King's College you also study philosophy theology and ethics uh, i think those all go go together pretty well if you got a good theology teacher that's for sure and a good ethics teacher uh your postgraduate studies you completed a masters at imperial college london in virology with your thesis focusing on analyzing immunogenicity is is that correct i'm going to do an anatomy thing here and for what's uh, yeah. do what spot on Good. Okay, good. I got it. You you, you have to get the joke. I, For whatever reason, it was early in the morning, I was trying to say anatomy. And for whatever reason, I said anatomy. And I'm like, I know that word. So everybody has a good laugh on, on, on me uh, for that. You also obtained a PhD in King's College London in neurobiology and extended uh, your scientific research by initiating a collaboration with Stanford University USA, where you completed a postdoc. You're a young guy. How are you doing all this stuff, man? It's just determination, you know, it's
2: about freedom of thought, because um, my academic background is based on finding, making discoveries for yourself,
1: mm, Amen.
2: rather than following orders. And a lot of the things I've done have been independent, so I've applied for grants independently, um, made discoveries on my own. Um, unfortunately, now science has become extremely um, consumed with the vested interests, and um, it's stuck in a microcosm, a hierarchical structure where... Basically, science is extremely directed. So, all the new pioneering discoveries, a lot of them are suppressed, and they don't get out to the public. Unfortunately, that's why, as I mentioned um, to the to the people previously, I've I've written a book about this entire faux pandemic, um, with all the studies consolidated together, using my um, scientific background, my academic background. So now we don't have isolated studies; we have over three hundred studies in both of these books. So people can really understand uh, the agenda and the Interlinking with the world economic forum and and globalization because these are not just um random isolated instances that are happening
1: to the planet yeah and and i you know i appreciate people who are speaking out now i may disagree with some we've had some doctors on that i disagree with i haven't been through the studies i don't you know i don't claim to be a doctor i don't play one on tv and i haven't spent a night in holiday and express i tell people but you know i'm a guy i can learn just like any other person And uh, I've learned quite a bit over the past couple of years through this whole, what I call the Convid 1984, because I think it is a con as to what they've put on people. And it's all been to control the people, to curb the population and to make money. And there's a lot of stuff that's there. People can say what they want. That's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. But you've got some stuff that you want to uh, put out to the people. And before we get to that, let me ask you this you were talking in your email to Kate which she forwarded to me so we could get in touch together i i just want to ask you about that that phenomenon where people are picking up this bluetooth technology and you had some you cited some sources and things for that what is your take on that uh because it seems to be a genuine thing that's going on but i guess for the average person they kind of go that sounds a little too sci-fi for me that doesn't sound like reality it sounds like somebody's making stuff up and yet We've been seeing a number of videos of people putting this out, and our own Kate Shimrani pointing that out as well. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, I think that's a crucial piece of
2: information, actually, because if you're unable to link globalization and violation of health autonomy, you understand why people are emitting Bluetooth signals. So these studies have been confirmed in two or three countries now, actually, in geographically isolated regions. And we're going to mention that in the PowerPoint presentation, why these people are emitting bit. As you know, people are very ignorant of nanotechnology. And this technology has been around for at least a decade in the public domain so you can go into mainstream databases and find these and what they found is dr pablo campra found these nanocrystalline structures within the um, experimental injections and um, experiments have been done in both mexico by um Comisal and um professor chavez chavez avala and it's been done also in spain as well by dr leo Benito. and both of them Using the necessary control experiments, found that people, who, the majority of people who have taken this experimental inoculation, do indeed emit Bluetooth signals. And they found, as I mentioned, they found the nanocrystalline structures and nano routers. So I think people are unable to understand it because they suffer from cognitive dissonance. So a form of neurolinguistic programming where you're unable to comprehend um, why would the, why would this um, globalised elite do something like that? Well, so ultimately control, isn't it? Control of the the individual and then um, the final control is injecting um, a nano device into them. That's the the final frontier, really, isn't it? And that's what we're experiencing now. So if you can't understand the link between transhumanism and um, health autonomy, then um, then I think that the the fact that people do emit these wireless things, really you understand the link. So it's a crucial piece of information to be cited. We've got documentaries and testimonies on it from different scientists and um, they concur. So if you can reproduce experiments at least two, two times in different countries using the same conditions, then it's pretty valid. So, yeah, I was quite shocked when I first saw it, but I'm not really surprised based on the information I've read and the things I've come across previously.
1: Yeah, same here. And I think we had uh, uh, we've, we've heard that from Catherine Austin Fitz, where she's pulling in the, the money system as well. Um, and some other control mechanisms there's about 4 or 5 of them that they're bringing in health uh and medical services and things like that uh, along with this kind of surveillance i mean a full blown george orwell 1984 that's actually more horrific than what you read in 1984 uh they had at least had guys tracking you down but <laughs> i don't think they had the technology that they're showing here so it's far more invasive uh and i personally i think these guys you know, if we want to do some good for the world, we should be targeting them for destruction rather than allowing them to target us. But unfortunately, we have traders in our midst, both in the UK, uh, throughout the world, and here in the United States as well. So we've got this, we've got this uh, PowerPoint, and I'm going to be showing this. This is what Dr. Rollis has put together on um, this autonomous and transparent scientific research in the COVID-19 epoch. So. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to turn it over to you, Dr. Rollis. I'll, I'll ask a question for clarification or whatever, but, uh, you know, we brought you on to give this kind of presentation, so I'm going to turn it over to you for that.
2: Of course. So, as I mentioned, I wanted to consolidate all of these isolated studies together, which have been coming out now. So, unfortunately, we have a lot of isolated studies on the side effects on the n- number of deaths after the experiment with injection worldwide, but now I've consolidated them within one book. So within a few days or within at least one night, someone can read it and and get a general picture of what's actually happening and the amount of fraud that's occurred since the declaration of this faux pandemic by the World Health Organization in early 2020. So that's why I mentioned that um, a lot of these, there's a mass censorship going on in mainstream and social media. So um, the subtitle is Independent Scientific Research Without Vested Interests. So people, people know very well that um, the, people, the individuals who produce these vaccines are working for large pharmaceutical transnational companies who have global interests rather than national interests um, at heart. So we have to compile the information and disseminate it so people are awake. Once you have an informed population, I think as Kennedy said, it's very, very difficult for um, tyranny and dictatorship to be able to prevail. So we continue on to slide three, a biography. You mentioned it really clearly, so I don't think it's necessary. Slide three, so exactly who is censored? So as we know, we have Nobel Prize winners and former heads of institutes who are highly cited um, and very famous scientists. So Professor Luc Montagnier is known for his isolation discovery of HIV. He's a Nobel Prize winner. He's come out publicly, he he actually, the late Luc Montagnier, he perished recently. He came out publicly and exposed the experimental vaccine and the fact they've done no long-term studies, nothing's been looked at in terms of carcinogenesis or the or the effects of the immune system. Also, I worked um, in helping develop vaccines in Imperial College London and in preliminary studies. And you have to go for all the animal studies, you have to go for all the health studies, and then you can at least five to seven years later you can start even think about contemplating clinical trials. So that's what drew a red red flag for me immediately when they're introducing experiment inoculation uh, and so-called mRNA gene products uh, after a few months. Mm -hmm. Professor Sakaric
0: Bakhti is extremely famous.
1: yeah i've seen some of his videos as well
2: yeah i'm sorry i'm, I'm someone's contact. <laughs> it's
1: okay sometimes that happens they don't know that you're doing what you're doing
0: <laughs> okay i don't know
1: if did we lose you there uh oh i think something's happened there i think we might have lost uh dr rollis there so with that said let's uh <clears throat> i'll back this up here just a little bit and we're going to see what's going on i i don't know if something happened yet we lost him so hopefully he's going to call back in here and we'll put this back up um that's the way it is he's having to operate off his phone and uh, these are the things that sometimes happen when we do our broadcast so with that said you've seen some of the people we did report on um the Frenchman that he said uh here before And not only what he had pointed out, especially with the vaccines, the shots, they're not really vaccines, the shots for these for the children. uh, He was one saying, you you don't give this to the children. Um, And then also later on, he died. I think it was earlier this year that he had died. And so, again, he's an older gentleman, but just some of this stuff just makes you wonder what's really going on behind the scenes. Uh, I've had several videos of the other gentleman that they that he spoke about, and hopefully he's going to be back on here in just a second and we'll be able to pick up from there. Um, But I do apologize. This is just it's the way things happen sometimes. And uh, unfortunately, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Right. Uh, But anyway, let me um, let me share with you just a little bit here from. Well, wait a minute. He's caught. He's coming back in. So, we'll, I was going to share with you a little bit about what he had said with the other. We'll have some of those links for the Bluetooth stuff. We'll have some of those links on the in the uh, in the archive. You know, uh, uh, this, I'm going to continue. I'm going continue. I'm yeah. so
2: sorry about that. No, that's no problem. It was just briefly, I was so just filling up the data. Professor Bakhti, uh, Thanks for holding on. Sure. Professor C. K. bakdi is extremely famous because he's actually analyzed the biopsies of people who have died post-vaccination. And he found um, the so-called spike protein within the capillaries of individuals and um, also clotting within the capillaries, which is a completely new medical phenomenon, which is vax- completely vaccine-induced. So he is, has direct evidence that these um, fake vaccines actually directly lead to pathology and death of the individual through um, upregulation regulation and cytokine storm. So it's, it's extremely disconcerting. Professor Dolores Amuno-Cahill Cah- has ha- basically done a lot in terms of exposing the agenda. Her civil liberties have been constantly infringed. She was she was arrested without even a warrant. And um she's exposed a lot of the agenda. We've had conversa- we've had some brief conversations as well in some conferences about about some of these key points, which we're going to mention later. How the how the faux pandemic was initiated, what is it, where was the epicenter of the pandemic the faux pandemic. Another individual who's who's heavily censored is Dr. Given Bosch, who actually worked for Novartis and um the Global Vaccine Alliance. He also worked for the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation. However, he, he has a clear conscience. He came out and, and mentioned that you can't vaccinate the entire population during a so-called pandemic where, in theory, this COVID-19 virus, which, has, as, we, as, we, as we all say, hasn't been correctly isolated with the Koch postulates or the Rivers criteria, um, is mutating. So it doesn't make any sense. And that, that's just basing yourself on mainstream dogma. Um, so Dr. Goethe van der Bosch is also heavily censored. Unfortunately, you don't hear from him on social media. If we can Andrew, can the next
1: slide? Yep. Can I ask you a quick question about that? Right. Oh. What you said. My understanding is this alleged virus has never been ice iso- really isolated, and they're base they base their quote unquote vaccines, which is not a vaccine. It doesn't mean a, a a a medical definition for vaccine. They they based it on uh, something they got from the Chinese as far as some kind of a uh, computer model or something that they put out but they never actually isolate it people have asked for isolates they can't get them
2: exactly there's been over 200 freedom of information requests around the world to different institutes universities and uh, medical facilities and they haven't been able to provide the isolates and actually we're going to come to that later but there's been an in-depth experiment done with 1500 clinical samples attempting to find the isolates from SARS-CoV-2 positive people and they were unable to locate them. And we're going to come to the individual later. So can we continue? Yes, please. Yes. uh, So there is a lack of scientific consensus. As we mentioned, you have vested interests against independent scientists who have nothing to gain, and they have everything to lose in terms of their career and their profession. Dr. Michael Yeadon, who's actually um, currently living in Florida, has been, in terms of activism, he's relentlessly coming out and exposing the agenda as well, um, in terms of interlinking the economic and medical aspects. And um, he's, he's helping in founding a website called HowBadIsMyBatch.com because it's very well known that each of the, um, well, there's been 12 billion doses have been produced um, on a global scale. However, each of these doses has a different code and different number, identification number. And each one will give a different side effect. And some give no side effects at all. That's why you have such a variation within the population. Some people are completely healthy after inoculation with the fake vaccine. Other people um, suffer from myocarditis. Others from aggressive cancer. So you have this massive diversity, and this is also recorded in VARs on a smaller scale and in usual vigilance, where you have hundreds of different side effects. This, this basically confirms there is indeed different batches of the fake vaccine, and he's, um, int- he's helped introduce um, something called HowBadIsMyBatch.com, where the individual, once they have the number, the six-digit number, they can check um, what side effect they could potentially get in the future. Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, extremely famous, he was, he was a Nobel Prize nominee. He was also advised to President Trump saved thousands of patients using zinc hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin Seven thousand in new york um, again an independent scientist highly successful results um i think one of the mistakes people make is um they assume that something has to be approved t- to the fda to be effective no it doesn't because the fda is working in conjunction with vested interest pharmaceutical right. companies who are on the panels of the fda so it shouldn't be a religion or a dogma that the fda is, is something that everyone should follow professor pablo campra professor at the university of amira for 19 years. He found nanotechnology within these um, fake vaccines, unfortunately, these genetic products, and the Pfizer vaccine, particularly. And he's published this research gates. so you can find this cited in my book as well, one of the references where you find these nanocrystalline structures, which indeed resemble nanorouters, and are composed of graphene oxide. And we know graphene oxide can receive and transmit signals, and it's been used since 2010 in the public domain, for testing the health conditions of individuals' organs and, and their glucose levels, et cetera. Also, we have to mention, because I've been in contact with the Greek health workers who have been suspended for over a year now, who, thanks to their resistance, they've prevented more draconian laws from coming through, which means like compulsory vaccination, which they tried to introduce in Austria. He's very famous called Dr. Konstantinos Arvanitis. He's a specialist cardiologist who analyzes statistics post inoculation of those who have died. And he's shown with our stats, which is basically The statistics company in Greece and press collects the cause of death. That there's been a massive increase in death post 2021, beginning of 2021, when the experimental vaccine was introduced internationally. So he's come out and he's um, gone public on many uh, media outlets to expose the agenda. Okay, so if we continue to next slide, please. So again, vested interest. So these are the people that people people follow. The mainstream media follows a lot of individuals who don't have access to the information because it's heavily censored. Follow. Uh, Mr Bill Gates um, known for um, being the head of the Global Vaccine Alliance has a vested interest since he makes profit from the number of vaccines sold and agreements with different governments. He, there was also a massive parliamentary inquiry in India because he, he helped introduce the HPV vaccine um, and in Africa the Moskowitz vaccine which basically paralyzed a lot of people hundreds of thousands in India as well as sterilizing people. So um, he in India is a wanted individual. T- Tentral users the general secretary of the world health organization again declared the pandemic early in, in march 2020 um, based on a test which doesn't test for a live viral infection which we're going to come to later dr albert bula president of ceo of pfizer um, who's pushing these fake experimental injections um, now it's a, a new dose every six months of course vested interest there and then you have of course a famous dr anthony fauci who pushed um, retroviral therapy and killed a lot of people, claiming that it was due to AIDS. And that. Um, Claudia Mikovitz has come out and exposed, and um, Fauci as well as um, as well as Kennedy is exposed. Him and this wasn't
1: AIDS his AIDS. first rodeo doing stuff like that either. He was doing it back in the eighties and the nineties with the uh, exactly. He's extremely
2: well yep. experienced with this sort of pseudoscience um, unfortunately. And it's uh, as you mentioned, all these people are interlinked with vested interest in global institutes. That's why they put the national flag underneath them because they're working. Um, for transnational companies rather
0: than um, for their own countries. Right. So if we continue.
2: So the four main questions here, which I think the general public has, was, number one, has this SARS-CoV-2 virus been isolated? And that means filtration and purification directly from a human host, not in a toxic monolayer of viral monkey kidney cells. Live imaging, proof of the viral life cycle, that means binding directly the the spike protein to the ACE2 receptors of the host. Fusion with the membrane, replication, and budding of the viral particles. None of that's been done, unfortunately, on a systemic basis or on a detailed level. The second question, which is extremely important, so as I mentioned, 200 freedom of information requests, nothing's been answered. Is this PCR molecular test that's been used to actually diagnose a pandemic developed by Christian Drosten, who we know has an extreme conflict of interest because he was working directly with Professor Land, who developed these PCR tests and sold millions of them for profit? Is also working directly, and he, he got the sequence directly from Wuhan, which is altered. It was an altered SARS CoV. It was a projected sequence that he used. So it's altered SARS CoV 1 sequence, which you mentioned earlier on in, in your program. So, can it detect a live viral infection? We're going to mention Kerry Mullis's quotes and the quotes of um, Professor Stadler in Switzerland. Are these so called COVID 19 fake vaccines safe and effective, as declared by the World Health Organization and governmental institutes, as well as the heads of pharmaceutical companies in accordance with their guidelines? We're going to answer that with uh, more in depth studies. Are there any treatments for the va- viral bacterial infections and respiratory diseases labeled under the umbrella of COVID 19? So, again, we have to be very careful with language. People are using um, pandemic, they're using the word COVID 19 extremely loosely. And you have to prove with the scientific evidence that indeed there is a pandemic. And indeed, um, COVID 19 has been isolated. And further along, are these diseases as a result caused by COVID 19? So, we're going to come to all of these questions later on. And then, the second part, we're going to mention. Therapies um, for alleviating the effects um, post-inoculation of the vaccine. That's going to be the second part. So if we continue, please, Tim. So what is the evidence? Has the SARS-CoV-2 virus been isolated in a comprehensive manner to decipher the identity of the virus? Um, so, as you know, you probably know, but um, a lot of guests wouldn't know, and the majority of the population don't. Dr. Panima Wao was given a $1.5 million grant by the NIH. To carry out um, experiments following the Koch and um, the Rivers criteria to isolate the viruses, isolate SARS CoV 2 from 1,500 clinical specimens which were tested positive for COVID 19. She was unable to find any purified SARS CoV 2 isolated sample in all of the samples. These experiments again were triplicated, and such you have to triplicate results to ensure their reliability. So that means it was repeated 4,500 times, nothing found. Um, they only found human cell debris after animal studies exosomes which were then um, imaged so again thorough research has gone into isolates and nothing's been uncovered the experiments have been repeated all around the u.s and six other labs the same negative results um, her lab was later raided by the fbi robert redfield the former CDC director threatened dr way with a layoff and to stop, and to prevent funding if they couldn't identify the SARS-CoV-2 so it gives you an idea how corrupt science is. And also she attempted to publish her work because she was the principal coordinator of this investigation. And um, all the journals, including the mainstream journals refused to publish her individuals because they're stuck in the paradox that COVID-19 is extremely dangerous.
1: And they, and Um, a lot of guys got her in her sights because we had Dr. Merrick come back on the show to kind of speak up for that, because I think she's the one who did the interview that really put uh, Dr. Wall out there. And she said, look, this lady knows what she's talking about. This is not she said, I'm not gonna throw her under the bus. She says eventually she needs to put her cards on the table if she's gonna be in the fight, but she just came on as a talk to share what she was doing. So uh, they've really come out, even the guys who are calling out the shots and all that other stuff, they really came out against her thinking that somehow she was gonna make them look bad or something. So but, you know, she's been brave and as far as I'm concerned, to come out and, and to tell the truth about whatever she experienced there in the midst of all this all these studies. Of course, if you don't have the viral
2: isolates, um, you don't have the evidence that there's a pandemic existing, then how can you then introduce all these further draconian laws and change the whole of society within within a year or well, so? Well, Dr. Rollis,
1: isn't isn't that the root? A lot of people are hacking at branches, going after certain individuals or money or a certain study. This is the root. If it doesn't exist, then we've been lied to, and I do believe we have been lied to, from all of these representatives people have elected around the world, we've been lied to about from the big pharma companies to the bureaucrats to uh, what I call the, the big pharma pimps who are elected representatives who push this stuff too. Why don't we hit it to the root?
2: Of course. I mean, that's, uh, that's what based – all these um, emergency acts and these legal implications are based on the fact that this SARS-CoV-2 is a health emergency. It's creating a health emergency, but the fact of the matter is it hasn't been isolated using the Koch and Rivers criteria. It hasn't been, um, in terms of live viral imaging, it's not been done correctly. Um, The life cycle hasn't been shown. All the in-depth scientific um, studies, that should have been done to isolate the virus, such as it's been done even earlier on with the tobacco mosaic virus, which was discovered by a Russian microbiologist. And
1: before, Um, before before we continue, you've had training in virology too, right?
2: Yes, of course, i had done that initially. That was at Imperial College yep. um, a decade or so ago. Um, but um, I'm going to come to that later on about the, the test because that also surprised me, the fact they're using a molecular test. Okay. But to isolate a virus, you do have to um, prove as well that it's um, able to infect a host and give the symptoms that they're claiming, but it's not, it's not been done. I'm not saying it's not existing. I'm, I'm saying we don't have the evidence that it's existing until we yeah, have the no evidence. Yeah, there's no proof that, that it
1: does exist. That's the whole point. We 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 want to see the Those proof of what they're pushing up on.
2: Done. Yeah, the claims that they've been made have been published by the CDC. Aren't really um, solid evidence to show that the virus does exist. And it's not. And if it did exist, it should have been done on a systemic basis in every single country where it's not been done. That's
0: right. There's, a, there's
2: been five or so studies that, that, that claim isolation of the virus. That's been done in a toxic monolayer of monkey kidney cells. And then they've uh, imaged things like exosomes to show that that's the um, infectious virus. So it's right. actually not. Um, substantially, and substantiated really. That's right. So if we continue, okay. yep. so that's point number one, gives you an idea of the scale of the fraud that's gone on. Point number two, how did they, how were they able to declare a pandemic for the World Health Organization at the beginning of 2020? Well, they used um, a molecular PCR test, which is unable to diagnose a live viral infection. It was mentioned, well, Kerry Mullis, who passed away three months before the advent of the, of the faux pandemic mentioned very clearly, you can't, you can't use um, this PCR test for a medical diagnosis. It's solely involved in replicating genetic material. And if you use it at a cycle of 40 times, which was done by the World Health Organization protocols in all these different countries that under their directive, you, amplify, you can even amplify a piece of dead genetic material one a trillion times because after each cycle, you double. So you can't use a test to diagnose a live viral infection. This has been mentioned in depth by the hundreds of scientists that have gone on the site. The Coronavirus-Invested coronavirus Committee in Germany was rhinoformic And um, Professor Stadler, who is a specialist on the rt method, says that, of course, you can amplify even a small fraction of dead genetic material. So, again, such a test, it was absurd to me that it was being used to diagnose a pandemic, Un- unbelievable. And we know as well the vested interest in terms of Drosten, who falsely predicted and modelled pandemics previously in, in terms of avian flu viruses, etc. cetera, and um, Blanche, and as well the projected sequence they use and i've looked at some of these primers they're using the sequences and one of them is one of the primers they used the reverse primers is even complementary to sequence of um dna in the human body so extremely unreliable um you can't use it to diagnose a pandemic so again another for- falsehood that's been used to declare a pandemic have we gone to number three
0: oh yeah and one last thing i did i did warn
2: parliaments that you can't use this RT-PCR test to diagnose um, a live viral infection. I warned the, the US Congress, the US Senate, British Parliament, Canadian Parliament, Australian, European parliaments. So they had advanced warning that this was actually fraudulent what was going on. Um, although some parliamentarians did um, help and they provided evidence that this was indeed fraudulent, a lot of them just um, went along with the global agenda.
1: Well, and so- we know why they're doing that is because a lot of these big pharma companies are the ones that, who contribute to their campaign. Let there be no doubt about that. They're not, they're, they were never, at least in our country, in the US, they were never authorized under our constitution to be involved in matters of health at all. And so they're acting like they're doctors. And then now we got police thinking they're, they're, they're doctors, that they can require you to wear a mask, which doesn't do anything, uh, that you have to stay six feet apart and all this other ridiculous kind of stuff. So it, it has all become a politicization in order to, to push a product. Uh, ultimately, that's what it's doing.
2: Of course, and what they're doing is they're censoring the scientists who have a, a, illustrious careers, more illustrious than the governmental scientists by tenfold. And you're not able to hear from the specialist either, unfortunately, as we mentioned previously. So if we go to point three. Are these COVID-19 vaccines safe and, safe and effective as, as the mantra goes, declared by the World Health Organization and uh, governmental minions, according to their guidelines? Um, unfortunately, not. And um, this has been publicized with these public databases available, UDRA Vigilance and VARS. So as at the end of the summer, UDRA Vigilance recorded almost 47,000 dead with over 4 million um, serious side effects. VARS the US database has recorded um over over a million injured and close to thirty thousand dead as of July 15th so again and uh, you have to look at the harvard pilgrim study which was done in the university of harvard extremely famous study which shows that only one percent of vaccine injuries are reported dr Zelenko, who published the vaccine death report also mentions uh, that because of medical medical institutionalized dogma these um injuries aren't reported and Steve Kirsch, who's also the head of vaccine safety development in the US, estimates it could be by a factor of one in forty-seven. So that means that you're looking potentially globally at uh, a death of twelve million individuals post-vaccination, which is double the amount of the Holocaust. So incredible,
1: about incredible! And
2: a very large number of deaths, based on the, the projected um, figures from the Vladimir Zelenko, the vaccine death report, um, the Harvard Pilgrim study, and Steve Kirsch, who who estimate that these these pre, these so-called databases give you just a very small glimpse of
0: what's happening. So if we continue,
2: so again, a very famous doctor who's head of cold diagnostics. He's seen thousands of patients his lifetime, Dr. Ryan Cole. What he noticed is that a lot of people post post um, vaccination have dramatic increases in heart inflammation, myocarditis, and pericarditis, two hundred percent. He Basically, um, quantified a 20 times increase in human endometrial cancer, as well as a drastic reduction in natural immunity, um, such as the level of NK cells and lymphocytes, as well as a dramatic increase in viral infections post vaccination, which weren't existing in these previous healthy individuals. Um, many other scientists and doctors have come out and confirmed this. It's been confirmed in numerous journals, um, especially the thrombotic effects and the carcinogenic effects of the experimental injection. If we continue to point number four, please. So one thing that the World Health Organization, the governments and the mainstream media kept on um, repeating is that um, anyone who says that the experimental injection causes changes in DNA is a conspiracy theorist. Unfortunately, now there's been work, unfortunately for them, work has been carried out in the journal Current Issues in Recurbiology and Human Cell Liver Lines, and they're found within six hours, you do indeed get a, a change in the DNA profile. And you get you get um, the gene line one is reverse transcribed into DNA extremely rapidly, and this has been carried out in the University of Lund, Lund by Swedish scientists. So they were actually lying to you. It does change your DNA. It just does alter your DNA after six hours
0: post injection. So if we continue,
2: so. Here is a big question: um, Individuals suffering cognitive dissonance are unable to understand. Um, why do the vaccinated individuals emit Bluetooth signals in post-inoculation, and the unvaccinated don't emit anything, because they've done the control studies as well on unvaccinated. One of the first to find this out was Dr. Luis Benito. He looked at over 200 patients, and he found that 86 percent of them who were vaccinated indeed emitted a Bluetooth signal. All the people who are unvaccinated didn't emit any signal whatsoever. This has been confirmed, this experiment's been confirmed by Dr. Pedro Chavez Zavala in Mexico, who's a head of Comuncev, World Health and Life Coalition. He had a, a very large group of scientists and doctors in isolated regions of Mexico, and they sort of confirmed very similar results. Um, they found the MAC addresses, they isolated them from the vaccinated individuals who are emitting these signals, and they found actually they didn't correspond to any device either, so they're unknown. So you can actually check. As an individual, you can check if you're able to pick up these, these, dev- these um, numbers. Whether they correspond to a device or not because each device has its own unique 12-digit MAC address and they didn't correspond to any device whatsoever. And these experiments were repeated by um, Dr. Zavala also in cemeteries, as you mentioned earlier on Tim, where where he confirmed that post-2020 there was this Bluetooth signal being emitted from individuals who had passed away post-vaccination.
1: Can I ask Um, a question about that just for a little bit of clarification? What is the point I mean, I understand how things are supposed to work, but Bluetooth, my understanding is the most you can get away from something that will pick it up is 30 feet. That's not a long distance. And even when they're rolling out 5G, what is it, 100 meters or something, they have to have their stuff. How How is a person emitting Bluetooth, how is that going to function in their side? Are they counting on them being close to a Bluetooth device that's close to the, inter- that's connected to the internet or something like that? Is that, would that be some of the thought processes behind that?
2: Well, basically, this Bluetooth technology was first used for a good purpose. It was used as a microchip implants in, in organs and to study the state of the individual's health. So I mentioned this in my book, in the first book. Um, since two thousand and ten, there's been multiple publications on this. So yes, what you can do, with, I'm 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 assuming this because it's not my speciality, electromagnetic fields, but um, you can you can detect the individual, you can track the individual where they are located without a device with Bluetooth, because you have all. If you think you have all these uh, towers all over the planet now all these um 5g towers that can detect and they can they can all detect bluetooth signals so that's okay, probably why okay. it's tracking methods for the of the individual now um in in more depth can it measure that can these nano chips or nanotechnology measure the health status of the individuals i'm not i'm not so um specialized in this field but well, I do know is these doctors who looked at it, they did find Bluetooth signals in individuals. OK,
0: all right. They've been inoculated. and it's been confirmed,
2: and the studies are all cited. The study by Dr. Pablo is on ResearchGate where we found the nanotechnology and the nanorouters, which were crystalline structures, which had the insignia of nanorouters on them. So it's very well documented now, and people can look at these studies for themselves if they're unable to understand it. OK, they can read them.
1: All right, thank you.
2: Next slide, please. So the next question is, are there therapies for viral and bacterial infections which have been labelled under the umbrella of COVID-19? As we mentioned, we have to be very careful with language because language can programme populations. And um, Particularly repeating, as um, the, the fascist Joseph Goebbels said, if you repeat something enough, then it can actually becomes truth and fact in people's minds. So the, one of the first clinical trials was Professor didier in Marseille. He won the Grand, Grand Prix de L'Incente. And he found, actually, that um, with hydroxychloroquine, you're able to alleviate and um, cure a lot of the patients who had COVID-19-labeled symptoms. As we mentioned before, Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, with his protocols and formulas, is able to save 7,000 people with with respiratory illnesses labeled COVID-19. Dr. Pierre Corrie was one of the first to use intravenous vitamin C, and he testified in front of the the U.S. Congress on how it was effective. In curing respiratory illnesses, which were labeled under the umbrella of COVID 19. And Dr. Tesla has carried out meta analysis on these studies. So they, they have been actually published in the mainstream databases as well. So, ivermectin, we know, is extremely effective. Um, it's actually able to inhibit the spike protein binding to the S receptor as well. It's like many medicines, as Dr. Michael Uden, it's a multi usage functional medicine. So, it's a, a, available, it can inhibit, inhibit, it can help against river blindness. And it's also an antiparasitic drug as well as um, an antiviral drug as well. So if we continue to the next slide, please.
1: Yeah, Andrew, I I hope you'll get in touch with Dr. Andreas Kalker. He was, uh, all the people they dealt with, he said it was a blood disease. That's what he called it. He said it was not a virus. He was able to deal with them with chlorine dioxide, which is a natural compound. And they they actually have a study out on that.
2: Well, we don't even know exactly. I mean, the symptoms are extremely general. They're like a common... Yes. They're like a, I mean, even the Omicron virus is almost like the common cold of the flu has, has been mentioned. And the Omicron virus came from individuals who were vaccinated. That's what's claimed in the mainstream media from Botswana. Yep. So the, the symptoms are very general. As we mentioned, the virus hasn't been isolated systemically. You have a test that doesn't diagnose any infection with SARS-CoV-2. So for me, it's extremely difficult to really gain accurate information on, on what type of illness it is. for me, it's just they're labeling um, respiratory illnesses and flu as COVID-19 based on a test, which is fraudulent. Yep, unfortunately,
1: absolutely. I agree.
2: So, as again, we can't be, we have to be super careful with how we use language. So I, I've written two books, which have consolidated all of these studies together. The first book is entitled Autonomous and Transparent Research in the COVID-19 Epoch. So these are all the scientists, independent scientists who have been censored, who you don't hear from in the mainstream media. And then I've written a second book, Therapies to Prevent um, the Side Effects and Deleterious Effects of the Experimental Injection. It's been, it's been translated into Greek also um, because I had a collaboration with the Greek health workers and Greek scientists. And as I mentioned, um, over seven and a half thousand of them lost their jobs because they refused them um, these fascist and draconian laws. And um, so I thought it was extremely important also for the Greek public to have access to this information. So it's also translated into Greek as well. So if we continue. Next slide. Uh, yeah, again, I'd like to um, thank all the doctors, nurses, scientists who who prevented these laws from actually going even further and become exacerbated, um, especially in Kalamata, Athens and Patra. And um, the doctors as well have helped the vaccinated individuals recover, inoculated individuals, particularly Dr. Sandra Botha and Dr. Nasiba Catharada in South Africa, who've come up with some of the first results, which are looking extremely promising. So we continue. So what are the treatments available to alleviate the toxic and pathological effects of the experimental COVID-19 vaccine? We have to think about it like this in three three sections because we know that um, these experiment injections have extremely high levels of graphene oxide, aluminium, toxic heavy metals we have, and they can cause um, aggressive cancers as well as depleting the immune system. What we need is we need a therapy that's going to detoxify heavy metals from the body, including graphene oxide, of course, principally, anti-carcinogenic therapies as well as immune system boosters to reverse the cytotoxic effects. So these are the three fundamentals of this um, decalation and in therapy so if we continue to the next slide and this is really nicely summed up by diane kaiser who's a nutritionist who specializes in detoxification from the body the five steps the first one is ingestion of foods and supplements which contribute to a healthy diet and able to actually bind to the heavy metals such as graphene oxide as we're going to go into detail about zeolites carbon and fulvic acid second part is to degrade graphene oxide complexes so they can be prepared for excretion and to boost, of course, antioxidants such as glutathione uh, and, and NAC, zinc and vitamin C and cursitinin. Uh, if we continue to the next slide, please. And then we need to maintain optimal digestive and intestinal function to help to clear these complexes. So this involves ingestion of probiotics and fermented food. Block the entry of these toxic nanoparticles into the cells. And this can be helped by, by factors like zinc, cursitinin, and e. T, specifically pine T. A boost immunity through exposure to vitamin D, C, and zinc, as well as creating alkaline environments in the bo- in the body. So all of this, in in tandem, done step by step, will help to alleviate some of the major effects of the vaccine. Also prevent a lot of the um, blood clotting on a single single cell level to start with microthrombosis. So we continue to next slide. A zeolite again is one of the fundamentals of the detoxification process. It's been used for centuries for a natural remedy for detoxification. And the most widespread zeolite uh, zeolite uses clyptomolite, which is able to remove, which has been shown in in peer reviewed studies to remove mercury, lead, aluminium, and cadmium, and can eliminate pesticides and radioactive materials. So if we move on to the next slide. Uh, Here is just some information on the mechanism they use. They have a very large surface area and they're able to directly bind to the positively charged ions of heavy metals and they form extremely strong complexes. So they form the zeolite toxin complex, which can then be excreted through the small intestines and the kidneys. And it's estimated this, this detoxification and chelation process takes approximately seven to nine weeks. Uh, again, it's necessary to purchase 100% volcanic uh, zeolite, which, we, which has no additives and is safe for human consumption. So if we continue. Next slide. Glutathione. So it's known Glutathione is an essential antioxidant and it works to protect the integrity of cells by neutralising the free radicals. So, unfortunately, graphene oxide binds directly to glutathione and reduces the levels in the blood. So, how exactly, can we increase those levels? One po- one possible method is through the ingest- ingestion. Of-
1: oh, we lost your we lost sound with you there. Continue. Okay.
2: In fact, Dr. Ricardo Delgado has shown that ingestion of NAC and zinc, these two antioxidants, as I mentioned can help individuals suffering with magnetism and they actually remove the magnetism from the people's bodies. And he, he, he recommends for detoxification of graphene oxide, Dr. Silvano says he recommends one NAC capsule and two tablets of zinc in the morning to ensure improved absorption in the body. So all of these protocols are mentioned in depth in the second book with references, so you can have a look. We don't have time to go through
0: all of them in detail. We move to the next slide.
2: Next one, humic and fulvic acid. So they are a group of compounds produced by the decomposition of plants and animals by microorganisms. They can be found in soils of earth rock sediments, streams and lakes. And again, they are able to act as detoxifiers of heavy metal. This this has been shown in the mainstream literature. um, So they can detoxify against mercury, lead and cadmium. It's been done in multiple animal and human studies. We continue to vitamin C so extremely important vitamin c and um, was first discovered by albert sens gorsi in hungarian professor in 1912 and received the Nobel prize in physiology and medicine in 1937 it is a well-established antioxidant and again we don't have this in our in our body so we actually need to improve increase the amount so i mean that's vitamin d we need to increase the amount of the vitamin c because it's very low in a lot of people it's able to reduce lipid peroxidation. And um, consumes elevated, and you need to consume elevated levels of vitamin C's in order to at least increase the number of antioxidants in your blood up to thirty percent. It's been shown that vitamin vitamin C has been shown to lower blood pressure, reduce the risk of heart disease, um, boost immunity, and improve conscious functions and memory during the aging process. So, extremely important. So, one of the first um, physicians to uncover the therapeutic effects of vitamin C against cancer was dr william mccormack from canada and he found that people who who suffered cancer had extremely low levels of vitamin c in in their tissues with a deficiency of um, in the region of 4500 milligrams and he also noted that vitamin c is essential to promote collagen synthesis so actually with high levels of vitamin c can prevent metastasis of cancer in the body obviously intravenously and is essential. obviously collagen is essential for the body cells to organize and attach to each other So his hypothesis was that the optimal levels of collagen synthesis are necessary to prevent breakdown and metastasis of cancerous cells. We continue to the next slide. So it's well known that um, Linus Pauling, the two times Nobel Prize winner, and Dr. Ewan Cameron were able to show that intravenous vitamin C. We go to the next slide with Dr. Ewan Cameron and Linus Pauling. So they worked together on a protocol and um, Linus Pauling, two time Nobel laureate winner, was able to show that vitamin C is able to improve the life expectancy of terminally ill terminal cancer patients, increase their life expectancy and their quality of life. This is intravenous vitamin C. This was replicated by an independent clinical study in Japan from the Kamioka Kozan Hospital. However, the mainstream Maya Clinic didn't replicate these results correctly. They were supposed to do it with intravenous vitamin C, but they used a combination of chemotherapy and oral vitamin C and are unable to conduct unable to, to get the same results, so it gives you an idea of how corrupt mainstream medicine is because they're afraid of losing their, their, their funding with the pharmaceutical companies. It's, it's extremely tragic because this could have been out in the mainstream that intravenous vitamin C can improve the survival time against aggressive cancers,
0: Okay, so and suppress cancers in general. If we continue,
2: so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just mention Kirsten briefly. It's classified as a bioflavonoid. It's able to reduce cellular DNA, DNA damage by neutralizing free radicals. And it's found in very high levels in capers, in yellow peppers, and in red onions. And in capers, it's found at 234 milligrams per 100 grams, extremely high level. So this can be introduced via the diet. And it's able to potentially relieve carcinogenesis, blood clotting, and thrombosis, as well as oxidative stress and inflammation. So these are mentioned again in studies. Um, if we continue. Vitamin D, again, extremely important to be able to optimize your immune system as all immune cells contain vitamin D receptors and they work in in an optimal manner. Um, It's it's been documented that vitamin T is able to protect against the effects of the COVID-19 fake vaccine. How is it able to do this? Well, what it does is it increases and boosts your immune system, increases your lymphocyte level
1: and natural killer cell level and therefore prevents um, Andrew, can I, can I ask oh, you to hold your let – me, let me have you hold your thought there. We've got about 20 seconds. We'll hold you over just a little bit. Tell well. people where they can find out more about you, and we'll finish it up with a few minutes on the other side of this.
2: Yes, I think maybe we can put the, the links on later. So I have a okay. website called com where you can find all of these books with all the consolidated studies together. Here we go. I think this is going to be – the Sons of Liberty are going to add, this, add these links as yes. well as the books.
1: Yeah, we'll, put, yep. we'll have these in there. In. Guys, catch Bradley at 3. We'll be back with you in the morning. ADM, a.m. Kate Shimarani, talk to you then. See ya. Okay, want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And I didn't mean to cut it off right there, but we were running up against the, the end of, of the show there. So uh, if you want to go ahead and uh, continue what you were talking about, I think we, we were talking about vitamin D uh, and some exactly. things like that. So, yeah, I'll, I'll kick on the, the slide. So this here. was
2: first discovered, isolated, identified in 1927 by the German professor Adolf w- uh, Windhouse, who also won, it was awarded Nobel Prize in Chemistry in 1928. In fact, the, the vitamin D receptors has been discovered, as I mentioned, almost all immune cells in the body. So it's crucial for the function of an immune system. And all the studies done on COVID labelled illnesses show that you have a massive deficiency in vitamin D if you have one of these COVID-19 labelled illnesses, such as um, COVID-19 labelled pneumonia or COVID-19 labelled influenza. So again, this whole faux pandemic could have been solved just with people being aware that you need to maintain not the immune system. If we continue. So, as I mentioned, yes, vitamin D is extremely important to be ingested. And one of the main um, clinical dietitians in Greece, Antonis Poltogidis, has um, helped to save a lot of lives by, especially with people who suffered respiratory illnesses labeled with COVID-19, by publicizing the fact that vitamin D is extremely important. Um, So, if we continue, to next slide.
0: Yes, melatonin is um,
2: one of the most powerful antioxidants. It was first isolated from the bovine pineal gland in 1938 by Professor of Dermatology Aaron bean Lerner at um, Yale University. It's now well known that melatonin is responsible for the circadian cycle and um, is produced in the pineal gland of the human brain.
0: we continue to next slide.
2: So melatonin's function was first identified by a Chinese scientist in the University of Texas as being an antioxidant, and it's been shown to delay the aging process. It's able to also promote the expression of crucial antioxidant molecules such as SOD, glutathione, and catalase. And it's been shown again to be twice as effective as vitamin E. Clinical studies in humans and in animal studies show that it's, uh, it's able to reduce metastasis and tumor growth as well as angiogenesis in a wide variety of cell types. All of these are mentioned in the bibliography in the book, that's why they're numbered. We continue. So olive leaf extract, again, has been used since classical Greek times. By um, one of the fathers of medicine of Western civilization, Hippocrates, and he used it to treat um, respiratory illnesses. There's a plethora of studies demonstrating it has antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, and cardio-protective effects. This is principally due to the action of oleuropein, a biphenol, found mainly in olive leaves. It's been shown to be also be anti-thrombotic by inhibits, inhibiting platelet activation and reducing platelet aggregation, as, re- as well as inhibiting. And the production of thromboxane, the key component needed to which causes blood clotting. Again, the basic components of olive leaves are indole-3-acetic acid and flavonoids, which are derivatives of hydroxytyrosol. So again, it has a natural anti-cancer function. These compounds are known to have a natural anti-carcinogenic function, and uh, we have essential ingredients in olive leaves such as zinc, vitamin C, arginine, selenium, and phytochemicals. So th- this is what gives it its an immune-enhancing powers. And also, we have to think about olive oil is, to a lesser degree, um, giving the same functions but not as powerful as the olive the extract. So we continue to the next slide. So pine oil was first, the, the remedy of pine oil was first used on, on French explorers um, who learned directly from the indigenous people of Canada that it was able to um, ameliorate the effects of scurvy, which is a vitamin C deficiency. It's known to have extremely high levels of vitamin C, And contain nutrients such as flavonoids. There's now increasing evidence it's also anti-carcinogenic and has antioxidant and antimicrobial activity. We continue, I think we're on um, some of the last slides now. So, cilantro, chlorella and spirulina, they're known to be used in the the Middle East and in India. They're herbs of par excellence. Chlorella and spirulina are algal forms, is shown to exhibit a wide range of health benefits including reducing heart disease and improving the regulation of blood sugars. Both have a wide plethora of nutrients, including omega-3 fatty acids and iron, with both containing extremely high levels of antioxidants. Again, chlorella and spirulina have a metal decalation function, metal detoxification function. So, because it consists of high levels of chlorophyll, it's known that chlorophyll is extremely potent at binding towards heavy metals. And and in fact, spirulina has a 10 times higher level of chlorophyll than wheatgrass. We continue. So, again, the famous ivermectin won the Nobel Prize, firstly in, in 2015 it won the Nobel Prize for Medicine, but it was first used in the treatment of river blindness and it, in the mainstream in mainstream medicine it was used to treat um, infect, parasitic infections caused by parasitic filial worms. Um, this was done by both Professor Omura, who first isolated, and Professor William Campbell in conjunction with one another in collaboration. In fact, Dr. Philip Van Welbergen, a doctor of 40 years with clinical experience in um, the world's famous Harley Street, and Dr. Sandra Botha, both used ivermectin to treat individuals who have suffered um, with microthrombosis post-vaccination and with the rouleau effect in the blood. And Dr. Sandra Botha, who we're going to come on to later, recorded significant improvements in the health status of her patients and a reversal of the accumulation of red blood cell aggregation and post-COVID-19 vaccination, following detoxification with formulas, Which included ivermectin so as we mentioned ivermectin somehow interferes with the spike protein binding directly to the ACE2 receptors so if we continue on the next slide so here is some of the preliminary data that shows the work of dr sandra botha on the left in all the slides labeled with a we have blood that's coming from vaccinated individuals who have suffered microthrombosis and the rouleau syndrome which is basically abnormal aggregation of red blood cells abnormal coagulation um, however, six months post-treatment um, with all the combinations of nutrice- nutraceuticals we mentioned and ivermectin, we see this dramatic reversal of the blood phenotype where you have this nice rounded morphology and you have these individual singular red blood cells which are well spaced out. So you can see a massive um, improvement here as well as an improvement in the symptoms that these vaccinated patients are observing, so it's extremely promising, the, work, the research coming from Zandra Botha in South Africa. So if we continue on the next slide, as I mentioned, um, first done by Dr. Sandra Botha, and um, here are some of the formulas you're using. Again, antithrombotic, ivermectin, NAC, which we mentioned is needed to Im- increase the levels of endogenous glutathione, zeolites, colloidal silver, alkaline powder, and um, boost in superfoods like chlor- chlorella and spirulina. So all of these used in conjunction and in, of course, depending on the level of toxicity of the individual, can dramatically help in reversing the effects and the phenotypes caused post-inoculation and doctor Nasibra Nassibra-Kathrada has been able to put um, a treatment supplement guide together with all these different therapies and mention the benefits and properties of all of them and I assume as well that she's done a lot of studies on vaccinated individuals she's an extremely well qualified medical doctor in, in South Africa graduated from the University of Johannesburg so extremely promising these effects are reversible to what degree, we don't know yet, but again, the graphene oxide, the heavy metals can be removed. The effects of the spike protein can be ameliorated. So I think that once um, this starts to circulate in the public domain, um, people realize in mean, fact that their whole, their health autonomy has been violated. Not just the Hippocratic Oath, which states, me vlavis, benefit the patient and do no harm. But also the Nuremberg Code has been violated, where you're not supposed to experiment uh, on individuals. And uh, again, a lot of the Nazis who were working with Dr Mengele were imprisoned and um, faced a death sentence after the the Second World War for experimenting on individuals um, directly. So this is actually what's happened on a global level. and um, It's actually difficult to believe the dystopia we're living in, but, but again, you have many doctors, scientists who are coming out directly and exposing this agenda. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think there's much more I can add. These all these um, all these references of bibliography are available in the two books I've written, where I've consolidated. All this stuff. it took months of work. So it'd be great. I mean, it's only going to take the individual one or two days to read, maximum even one day, and they can just scan through the, res- the parts they find interesting. But it does give you an overall picture of what, what's actually happening on a global level
1: yeah one one of the things that we'll do is when we archive the show we'll put links to your books to your website we'll also have the the a link here for the the powerpoint presentation we put in because you've got a lot of stuff here that you put up from uh, uh, dr kathrada and th- there's a lot of different things in here some of these things we talk about uh we brought up probably pretty much every one of these things on the show with kate uh because we've been covering a lot of this kind of stuff and what uh, what i find interesting andrew is the, the, the remedies for these are not really found in the pharmaceuticals, even like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine are really found in nature. I think they add some synthetic thing to it, but you can get it and you can get it in, from nature itself. And that is, we call it, we like to call it creation-based medicine. It's the thing that God said in yeah, Genesis 1, of uh, these are the things that I've given you for food. And Kate uses that little phrase, your food is your medicine. It's what keeps the body healthy. God knew what He was doing when He made the body. He knew He knew what He was doing when He gave us the fuel to to fuel the body. And uh, so you're just reiterating that. The other thing is, you know, we often point to um, Leviticus 17:11. The life of the flesh is in the blood. I mean, Moses is saying is is writing this down in inspiration of the Holy Spirit thousands of years ago. And what what is constantly happening, but they're trying to bypass the natural means that God has given us to take things in our body and trying to go directly into the blood to, to, in essence, poison the blood. It's really, you know, um it's a it's a it's I know it's a pagan origin because we've dealt with that before of seeing that many people in other cultures have taken, you know, splinters or whatever and they've injected themselves into the blood. It's sort of their sign of their allegiance to the God that they serve. And so all of these things are very dangerous. So I'm, I'm glad that you've come on to show us some of these things. It just keeps confirming all of the stuff we've been talking about uh, before anyway. So thank you for your time in doing that. Well, it's extremely
2: disconcerting that these so-called um, philanthropists who claim to benefit humanity are trying to alter the genetic makeup of the human being, which, as you, as you mentioned, was. As you mentioned, the genetic code and the, the DNA is completely sacred um for each human individual. So um the the effects can be extremely um damaging as we've seen now with all these studies that have come out. And indeed it does alter the DNA. We know that now. Post inoculation, you have many alterations in the DNA. Yep. So they're trying to play God, so to speak. Um and as as it says also in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, your body is your temple. That's so right. It's something you have to look after and take care of and all these all these things are available in nature, as you mentioned, in God's creation. So these can all be found readily.
1: Yeah, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? The simplicity that God gave us, and he doesn't charge us for it. He lays out before us all these things, and he says, I put before you today life and death, choose life. And it, it, doesn't co- it really doesn't cost us anything uh, to, to go and to grow our own food Uh, to grow these these things that can be our medicine that we can use for that really doesn't cost us anything except the time to do it and and to harvest it and yet when you when you end up going to many of these doctors the pharmaceuticals and everything is it's a profit-driven kind of deal. That's what they do. They market it to make money. That's what they're in the business to do rather than actually uh, bring healing to the body. So I appreciate you pointing that out. I'm going to give you the last word and then we'll close out things. And if you, and in that last word, uh, if you want to give the people a, a word of exhortation, if you want to also please tell people where they can find out about you, your website again. And just so people know in the description, in the video we'll have where you can pick up the Zeolite that he recommends here. Uh, it's the good stuff comes from the volcano we'll also have the humic and fulvic acid from our friends out at uh, Pruitt's tree resin they've got it and they've got a really great deal on it where you can make it yourself and you'll have enough to last you for a long long time Uh, and some other things as well so be able to be sure to check the video description for those links but I'm going to turn over to you Andrew for a final word and then if you'll also tell people where they can find out more about you
2: sure so as Jesus said the truth will set you free Amen. and um, as you're seeing now with a lot of these independent scientists coming out, and many who are actually Christians themselves directly, who actually generally care about individuals. Um, if you as a Christian try and enlighten an individual um, with all the studies together, then that will dramatically help society because you're not able to control people who are very well educated, well informed with a very high moral sense and sense of spirituality. So that's extremely important so that's one of the reasons why i spent months of work um, working on these books and to consolidate all the studies together and it's your duty as a christian to resist tyranny in any in any of its forms that's right and uh, resist or resist authority Um, especially those who are trying to manipulate human beings and use them for experiments neuro-linguistic programming of god's creation is completely and utterly unacceptable so we have to do our best uh, work as hard as we can. And again, if this, this book circulating, this book will, will help dramatically in the process. I think.
1: Amen. Amen. And people can find you here at dr or dr dash Andrew dash S dot Rollis, dot com. That's where you can find him. That's where you can get the books, but we'll have all that stuff linked up uh, for you guys. Uh, in the archive. That'll go out later today. You'll be able to find it at com. Andrew, if you'll hang on, I'll say goodbye to you off air. Thank you for your time and coming in and your presentation. We really do appreciate that. Guys, catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, com. And again, we'll be back in the morning, 8 a.m. bright and early on Saturday morning with Kate Shimerani. Talk to you then. See ya.